tonight That you could always speak your mind You work so hard to say what's right I watch you do it all the time And when I called you on the phone You said that Hey everybody, it's John. Thanks for listening. So if the focus of this podcast is to track down people who put out amazing music back in the day, but who were maybe briefly rock stars or almost rock stars or haven't been a rock star for a while or weren't the kind of rock star they wanted to be or whatever, then today's guest fits that criteria perfectly. His name is Tony Ortiz and he was the lead singer of a sort of almost new wave sort of rock band from the very early 80s called the Monroes. It's a pretty compelling and almost a little bit tragic story, honestly. Not that Tony is a tragic guy. He's an upbeat, very happy, great guy. But their story is so sad because just as they were beginning to ascend on the charts, they had put out an EP and they had one song that was gaining momentum called What Do All The People Know that you're listening to now. And this song remains a sort of a a cult favorite even today, just as they were starting to ascend, their label went bankrupt, all momentum stopped, and that was the end of the band. And one thing that's really interesting, I think is interesting about this story, is that it ended just prior to them making a video for that song. Now, videos don't matter now, but videos then mattered a lot, and this was in 1982. I personally believe that if they were able to have made a video, produced a video, that could have been played, you know, on those best of the 80s or, you know, whatever, VH1 Classic, not that they even play videos as much anymore, but if there was some piece of history out there that could be rewatched to keep the fire burning slightly, maybe the fortunes would have been different. Well, today, Tony is about as regular a guy as you can get. He has a regular job, sits at a desk, nine to five, family, all the regular things. And it's so fascinating listening to him talk about when that song comes on and he has to convince people that he's the one who sang it. It's nuts. Tony was a fantastic guy. It was pretty crazy how I got connected up with him. We tell that story at the beginning. I hope you enjoy this one. I think it's great. He called me from his home in Minneapolis. I gotta know though, because this has been bugging me and I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. What provoked you to send me a Facebook friend request? Let's see. I think you had um, uh, maybe joined in on a conversation or something. That's the only way I do it. If if somebody is kind of joining in on a post I have or something, and and it usually had something to do with the Monroes or whatever. A lot of times, yeah. it just has to do with my own thing, doing my yeah. own music and stuff too. So. I just friend everyone that'll that'll let me friend them, and I've got sure. you know twenty five hundred, <laughs> twenty eight hundred friends, you know. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I wasn't <clears throat> sure, and it, and here's why it was so strange. So yeah. And you'll have to tell me if this is if if this is what your life is like, basically, because so I always kick these things off with sort of a story about how I discovered the band, and of course I've right. been the hit forever, but it feels like lately. Just even in the last couple of months, I've been hearing the song more often. 
I've been seeing yeah. the name, the Monroes, more often. Mm-hmm. I heard it played on another podcast recently. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a playlist. It was actually Greg Kinn. You remember Greg Kinn, the singer yeah, Greg Kinn? Yeah, yeah, sure do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were on I, uh, together a little bit. Yeah. I found that out afterwards. So I follow him on Facebook, and he has a playlist of kind of obscure songs that I'll right. go into and listen to. Sometimes you guys are on there, and oh. also I was, ch- yeah, and I was chatting with someone, this guy named BJ Cramp, who does his own music, excellent music-related podcast called Rock and or Roll, and we were chatting about people that he would like me to track down because he was okay. familiar with the focus of the podcast. And he mentioned right. the Monroes. Okay. And so it's a Friday afternoon, and I'm at work, and I start thinking, i got to start researching the Monroes, because I knew the song, yeah. but i gotta, I got to find out everything else that's out there. So I, I'm looking at things up, and it's mostly music. Like, is there any other music out there? Anyway, I get distracted, and I do something else. Monday, okay. I'm back at work. I go to lunch, and I come back from lunch, and there's a friend request from uh, Tony Ortiz, and I don't know who Tony Ortiz is. No, and, you don't. Yeah. And I didn't see that we had because I hadn't dug that deep in the research yet to like who are the who's all in the band and what have they all right. done and where right. are they all from? And so we didn't have any mutual friends. And I, but I saw that you oh, were a musician, okay. and right. I thought, where, how, who is this? And so I Googled Tony Ortiz. Turns out he was the lead singer of the Monroes. It was the strangest. It was the strangest (laughs) thing. And the other weird thing, just to add like a little bit of weirdness to this, when I came back from lunch, I had two personal messages. One was that one from you, and another one was one of those phishing scam emails where, oh, "Oh, I've been, you know, I lost my wallet and I'm in Nigeria, and I need you to wire me four thousand dollars." Signed, Big Tony. So the oh, phishing no. email, yeah, the phishing email I got was from some some joker named Big Tony. Oh, nice! It's and not so me. I, I got to clarify that. I no, I believe you. That's the cool thing about it is that I, it it turned out you're legit, but it was so strange that I had had Monroe's on the brain for a yeah. few days. And then to have you pop up to me was the strangest thing. So anyway, yeah. but I so going back to my original question, is this a thing where is there kind of a constant hum or buzz of attention on the Monroes that you've dealt I, with I for think 30 most, years? I think so. I think it's been one of those things because we have been always bubbling under somewhere because mm-hmm. we never had a video on MTV, although we should yeah. have. We only had one EP. We just came out with uh, another out, another CD uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that we put together some songs from that time, from that from the '80s, and released that. Jewelry box, jewelry box, 
Left unlocked, been calling my name. Is it still the same? And then we have a bunch of other stuff that we want to release too that we're still trying to get together. I'm in the Midwest, they're all on the West Coast, and uh, we are trying to kind of lazily, half-assily try to put something together. <laughs> That's not a snark against the guys, it's just the way life is. You know, sure, you know of how course. life is. Things get busy. It gets busy, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not, you know, everybody has to get a paycheck and work, and, sure. you know, I, I know for a fact that uh, if we did a Monroe's thing, I don't believe that we would get much. We only had one song, you know. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't get much traction from it unless we we come out with a new album and it gets or new CD, excuse me, yeah. and um, you know get some traction and get some things like that. I know for a fact that Nina Blackwood loves the Monroe's mm. because we're that quirky underground right. kind of right. left field kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and she plays us quite a bit. So there, there's that universe and then we're also on the on the satellites rhino records came out with a uh living oblivion or something it was that's, one of how I, something. that's what i knew yeah. who you were because i yeah. have that and i so i've known yeah. from you know the early 90s who you guys were because of that right one of those compilations right. yeah right and those were you know some of the on that on that particular one 80 percent of the bands on there are pretty fairly well known, except for mm-hmm. us and maybe somebody else. I think Great Ken's on there, and I think Duran Duran's on there, and yeah. whatever. So that's what anyway. always made you guys stick out in my mind was because I thought, yeah. well, who are the Monroes? Everyone right. else on here, I've pretty much heard of, but I, I <laughs> yeah, don't know anything right. about these guys. You know, right, right. And you know, and like I said, you know, I think it's we've had pockets of of uh, people who just really dug the song, and people who really dug the EP when it came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot. I don't know, where where did you grow up that you listened or you didn't listen to it growing up? You just heard well, it in the 90s. Well, okay. I grew up in Salt Lake City, and oh, okay. I'm 42. So in 1982, yeah. I would have been nine. Yeah. Right. So I vaguely kind of remember hearing it, but not, kinda, not enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. I discovered it more on the New Wave compilations that would come out yeah. later. Yeah. And, you know, we we hit 54 on the top 100, so we were never yeah. on Casey Kasem, but we you know we were we were in the running on Billboard, so you know it was it wasn't too bad. Um, right. You know, and being on tour with uh, we were on tour with uh, Rick Springfield, mm-hmm. and we did a whole summer of '82 with him, and was really a good thing for us to get the experience. But his fan base was way different than our fan base. I mean, you know, or really? whatever fan base. Well, because they had a lot of little girls and their mothers. Oh, and, yeah, know, okay. That yeah. kind of thing, you know. And and there's nothing wrong that, like, again, I'm not sniping against them. I just no. that was his that was his deal. And yeah, and you know, he, and he's a great guy, absolute uh, charm of a guy. I love him. You know, he's he, I love yeah, him. he's great. He yeah. you know he handled himself really well, and he's yeah. a good person. You know, in in person, he's a good person. He treats good. you well. Good. Um, anyway, but uh, so. Yeah, I guess you know. I guess the re- your your question is why do you hear that? Why why is well? I wonder if you know, there are under- like does it ebb and flow? You know, is there are there waves yeah. of like oh suddenly I'm getting more attention? Something must be happening out there, well, and then it dies well, down for a while, or is it kind of a constant yeah, hum? I think it's a constant hum. I mean, I'm starting to get wow. bigger royalty checks. Now really? than I have ever. I mean, yeah. Wow. And and so it's kind of. I mean, not like I don't make a ton of money. I can't buy sure. a car with it. 
but uh, you right. know I could definitely you know it's a you know couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars a year okay. and it's you know it's it's good it's nice it's nice to have and you know it's okay but i've seen it kind of steadily start you know keep climbing and keep doing now the thing about the monroes is really really the real kicker that you're going to find very interesting is that there's a dj in switzerland okay his name is dj pete grube uh-huh. and uh and he plays the monroes and he loves the Monroes there. Really? And how we got there, I've never, I've never actually talked to him. I've talked to him via, you know, texting and stuff. And he's a yeah. nice guy and everything. But I don't exactly know how he got to hear that, unless it was the same way you did, you know. In, wow! In, yeah, in must that be whole, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So oh, you know, it's, it's just, just kind of weird. Patches all over the world, right? Yeah, and I've got some friends in in uh, in Colombia that that you know friended me that are big fans and heard it in Mexico and heard it in Colombia. Wow, you wow. know, and it's just you know back in the day and back when I guess you yeah. know I, I suppose the same way you did, you know that that living in oblivion went out all over uh-huh. the place and was in right. some little bodega somewhere and somebody bought yeah. it, you know, and yeah. they you know they dug True. it. So yeah, oh yeah. So interesting. We got to talk for a minute about like the packaging of the Monroes. I'm fine. Well, okay. you know what? Let's let's get to that later. First of all, just for the sake of the the crux of the of the podcast, as I said, is sort of finding out people, what their mu- people's music careers were like and, are, and why and maybe they sort of what, what's that and, and are no, 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 not really, no. But it's to find <laughs> okay. out. I don't want to argue, I, so I'm not, I'm not going to be very bad at that. So. No, 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 we're not going to argue. We're not going to argue. <laughs> but you're welcome to argue with me if I get something wrong, because sometimes I will <laughs> okay. right, you know, pontificate you. my opinions or whatever, and yeah. sometimes it turns no, out I'm wrong. Fine. I feel like I've been immersing myself in Monroe's history lately, so I know okay. what happened right. to the band. But for the sake of people yep. who may not... Let's quickly yeah. burn through. So you're signed in like '82 to a Japanese no. label called no. Alpha. No, right? we're no? signed in '81. We're signed in '81. We were we were trying to get. We went to every label that you can think of: A and M, uh, Capital, Virgin, or yeah. Slash, or whatever. All those labels in L.A. Every one of them we went to. A and M, big label, turned mm-hmm. us down. Now you got to remember the Monroes are like a ragamuffin bunch of guys. I you know, can tell, and that—that's what I was going to yeah. say about the packaging. I mean, we're gonna—I want to dive into that in a minute here. Okay, so you yeah. gotta—you gotta remember that. I mean, a couple of guys are good-looking guys, but most of us are just kind of regular dudes, you know. You know, not <laughs> I'm you glad know, you said it because I thought the same thing. You know, a little this, little that. You know, I mean, and and yeah, it was—you yeah. know—it was not easy. Uh, Roland Young did the the album cover, and if you do your history, Roland Roy, Roy, Young did a lot of. A lot of co- album covers back in the day, you know, mm. before the '80s, and and that's right. where he got his name. And so, so he did the album cover, and it was kind of hokey and kind of new wavy in in a way. But our stuff well, wasn't it all that new wavy. Represents you, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's neon and it's pink and purple, and you got Eric yeah. up front looking sort of androgynous barefooted yeah exactly right but you guys i've been pouring over all your music lately now the newer ep sounds more new wave to me but the the original ep the original one i I mean i don't know how you'll feel about this this may be your arguing with me point but it sounds a little bit to me like a band more like lover boy 
or a band yeah, who... no, there's no argument there. No. Okay, it, good. And it, and it wasn't by design. It wasn't by design. It just kind of happened that way. Now, sure. what, what happened, let's just go back uh, just a tad bit further. We went, go back to 1980, when okay. uh, late at 1980, when I joined the band. They already had a lead singer, and it wasn't working out. It wasn't. They were in the studio, and it wasn't working out the way they wanted to. And, and actually, Bob and I had crossed paths a couple of years earlier in that. And, you know, I've been trying to make it since the early 70s, you know. I mean, you know, I've been trying to get into L.A. and get a record deal for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Anyway, so he remembered me. He came to my house or came to my apartment, and he had a, a cassette in his hand. And he said, can you listen to these songs and if you like them, can you come down and record them with us? I said, sure. Hmm. I listened to it. I thought they were really cool. None of those songs are on the EP, hmm. but they're all good, really good freaking songs, really good. And very kind of Cars-ish, kind of New Wave-ish. Right, You know, yeah. kind of that yep. kind of deal. You know, this is mm-hmm. like, you know, we're talking 80, 1980, 81. Of course. Every, you know, band, so, every rock band, straight-up rock band, is starting to incorporate some synths in their sound exactly. because New Wave yeah, is what's yeah. happening, of course. Yeah. Yep. And so we're on the West Coast. It's a little bit different action on the East Coast than it is on the West Coast. And I grew up with Southern Rock, not Southern Rock, but uh, Southern California Rock, mm. you know, with uh, Eagles and everything sure. and the Flying Burrito Brothers and all that kind of stuff. But we did a lot of country rock stuff, you know, and, and mm-hmm. whatever. So my influences were very broad. So I come into this. Anyway, only way, only reason why I'm saying that, because I come into this, and I'm like this kind of soul singer, kind of R&B kind of guy, really. Okay. You know, coming out of disco in a disco band, coming out of trying to make money, you know. Wow. And coming out of that and coming into this, so I kind of incorporate the whole British kind of, you know, style of enunciation, okay. if you will. Oh, interesting. So, okay. you know, d- during singing, because it, I just wanted to kind of... But then I, on the live shows, I would let it loose a little bit, a little Tom Jones action there. Okay. So it would kind of go from that English thing to a Tom Jones thing and then come right. back. You know. Right. We I did a cover of uh, we did a cover live of uh, Supreme's um, uh, "Back in My Arms." Loved it when we did that. It was a very cream cool. song that I did. I did the Diana Ross in in my own voice, and it was awesome. That's F&R. amazing. It was a great yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I come into this thing. I go to the studio in San Diego. I walk in. Uh, I'm really nervous. Now these guys are all. I don't know if you want all this, but these guys are all San Diego County San Diego guys. I'm a San Diego County guy, which is I'm northern San Diego County. So oh, I'm not even close to San Diego. Yeah. Uh, okay. San Diego okay. County is a huge county. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's huge. It's really okay. big. 
Anyway, so I walk into this thing. I'm really nervous. I've got a little pint of black velvet whiskey that I bought at the liquor store, and I put it inside my coat pocket, and I drank a little bit, and you know, just to kind of loosen up. Sure. And then I drank a little more, and then yeah. I, I then I went in, and I went in, and I wasn't drunk or anything. I was just feeling good, you know that. Sure. Time. Took the edge off. And take the edge off. So I went yeah. in there, and I did my thing. They recorded it. I did some overdubs on top of that. I came back in. I mean, after we were done, and they said, "When can you start with the band?" You know. So really? it was like that that kind of thing. It was that kind of audition was a recording session audition. And I often say that to folks, and they kind of go, no, nah, you're, you're bullshitting. You know, that's, wow. no, it's the truth. That's exactly what I did. And it worked out really well because the chemistry between all of us, even though I was singing to them already recorded, sure, was awesome, you know. It, and it, it really is, yeah. Now, I, yeah. this is probably a dumb question. Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out, one of you guys has like a Springsteen type voice. Is that you or is that Bob? <laughs> no, that's me, I think. Is I think it... I'm probably more Springsteen than anybody else, I think. Okay. Because uh I don't know. What what song are you have a particular song in mind? Well, any of them. Like the what's oh man, I was just listening to it. Hungry. Uh Hungry Stranger. The night is with the smell of danger. Stranger, that's me singing the lead. Yeah, that's me. Is it okay? Because yeah. you know, it's funny. I um, I've watched that Merv Griffin clip well, yeah. a few times, yeah, yeah. and because yeah. Bob naturally looks like a Doobie Brother or something like that, <laughs> I yeah, assume okay. he's the one with the Springsteen-like no. voice. No, but it turns well, out I'm, it's you. I'm singing, the, I'm, I'm singing the higher part on that live thing. Yeah, right? yeah. He's singing the lower part, but on the on the on the EP. I'm the lead singer. I'm doing all the lead singing, you know, yeah. on all the songs, except for yeah. what of all people know, we sang, you know, as a, a like a Everly Brothers kind of thing where we sang the whole thing together. So right, far. right. And there's a couple okay, of lines I that I do so. on my own, you know. Yeah, I thought so. But yeah. then when I'm watching the clip, I'm trying, like, that voice, I mean, you have a great voice, but I'm, in, I'm, I'm connecting it with the with the guy who looks oh, like the Doobie brother. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, because it's right, hefty, right, yeah. and so I'm thinking, well, the Doobie Brother must be the one with the voice like Springsteen. But I, anyway, I'm trying to, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying yeah, to piece yeah, this together. So, no, yeah, I'm going to okay. argue with you. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. no, it's, no, a no it's good. It's all good. Yeah. No, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So now you were saying, I mean, you've been, you were trying to get at it since the 70s. So when yeah. you guys finally kind of come together, are you feeling like I made it? This is, you know, we well, we make an EP, we get a song out there. It's, Right yeah. on the charts. But I want to I want to go back just a little bit. Oh, a, go ahead. Just, just, I just want to go back right in that pocket of time. So right after that, after that time of the recording session audition, right, 
And then, and then if you fast forward about six, seven months, we are deep into playing the local scene in San Diego, right? Oh, At a place really? Called, a place called the Spirit Club. The mm. Spirit Club is in downtown, or it's in by Mission Bay in San Diego. Is that the, you know uh, that area the lamplight? Is it called the lamplight? No, light? that's the gaslight. Gaslight. Gas no, light. it's not anywhere near. That's downtown. This oh, is like okay. towards SeaWorld. Oh, okay. Not, I've been not, to the gaslight on Business Street okay. a couple times. Okay. No, this is you know this is kind of away from downtown San Diego. Anyway, this this place is just a little hip place that this guy named Jerry Herrera ran, and he doesn't run it anymore. And it's not even the Spirit Club anymore. It's called something else. It's called Brick by Brick. Anyway, we started on a Wednesday night, and we quickly moved from a Wednesday night to a Friday night to a Friday night headliner to having people waiting to get in to come hear what we were doing. But i got to also say that there was a lot of good bands at that time that were coming out of San Diego or coming through the ranks there in San Diego. Ones that we would know? Now, well, Rick Elias... know anything about Christian music, Christian contemporary kind of rock music. Okay. He played with Rich, he played with Rich Mullins and wrote a lot of songs. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, if you know any of that kind of stuff, yeah. he was pretty big there. He I remember Rick Elias' name from the Monroes, but as like a precursor to your band, I read that. Right, bio. that was a precursor because oh, Bob took yeah. the name the Monroes with him. Yeah. And and he just took it and kept it. Yeah. Anyway, uh any Rick Elias was awesome and, and you know, he was part of that scene and he did uh, he also later he wrote some stuff for that thing you do by Hanks, Tom Hanks. Oh so, interesting. Yeah, so he wrote some songs on there, you know, whatever. Cool. So it, okay. you know, anyway, but that's the kind of company that we were keeping. Sure. A band called Four Eyes, a band called the Puppies, a band called the Beat Farmers. Oh. Or they were called, uh, you know who the beef farmers are? I was walking down the street on a sunny day. Hubba, 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 hubba. A feeling in my bones as I have my way. Hubba, 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 hubba. Oh, I'm a happy boy. Happy boy. Oh, I'm a happy boy. Happy boy. Oh, ain't it good when things are going your way? Hey, hey. Yeah, my little dog Spot got hit by a car. Hubba, 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 hubba. Put his guts in a box and put him in a drawer. Hubba, 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 hubba. Oh, I'm a happy boy. Happy boy. Oh, I'm a happy boy. Happy boy. Oh, ain't it good when things are going your way? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. 
forgot all about it for a month and a half. Hubba, 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 hubba. I looked in the drawer and started to laugh. Hubba, 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 hubba. Because I'm a happy boy. I'm a happy boy. They, that name does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah it does sound familiar because they they quite they got quite a bit further than we did, in in a lot of ways, and they had a lot more staying power. So yeah, they, yeah. But they, you know, then they 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 kind of they didn't make any more ground after that. But right. um, you know, they were they were pretty good anyway. So there was a lot of stuff going on there, and that's where then we moved into that whole that second phase of getting that record contract. And yes, I thought we, yeah, I thought I had made it. I quit mm-hmm. my job, you know? Yeah. I said, no. This what is were you thing. doing? Not, what was I your was job? I was cooking. I was cooking. Okay. I was a, a line cook, you know? Okay. Okay. And that's what I've been doing since I was 16 to just kind of, you know, pay the bills and sure, buy guitars sure. and whatever. So what, you know, finally happened is that we got signed to the Alpha Records out of out of Japan. A Japanese label came over here. They signed Lulu. They signed Burton Cummings. They signed oh. a couple of uh, Billy Vera and the Beaters. Yep, yep. They had a song called At This Moment, and they had oh, a, I know, a couple I know. Of, yeah, I yeah, well. big, big song. So yeah. they were, you know, they were all label mates. Now Burton Cummings' album, I don't think did very well. Lulu's album did really well because you know who Lulu is, right? Yeah, to serve with love. Yes, exactly. So she came yeah. back and did this new album for them, and it did fairly well. It didn't go. I don't think it went platinum or anything but i think it did fairly well anyway so the alpha records was only in the united states for one year and we had signed with them for that whole year oh, and boy. mtv was coming on in 1982 mm-hmm. in the in the fall of 1982 mtv was starting and we were ready to do a video so that you know of course the label knew that if we did a video it would do it would do sure. well i mean we'd be on we'd be the yeah. first ones to get on there but at that moment is when um alpha records uh went belly up and re- either returned to japan and got bought up or swallowed up by sony or somebody like i can't remember exactly yeah, all the particulars right. but it it got like that yeah that's what happened i mean i imagine you're devastated or or do you know <laughs> enough are you savvy enough in the business to to know that this is devastating or are you just thinking to hiccup, we'll just go get on with no, else. No, we were all pretty naive and stupid, and we just and our manager was a great, is a great guy, he's still around, but he's not doing anything with music anymore. But mm-hmm. he he got us quickly signed to to CBS Records, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we we went to CBS and we got money. You know, we got uh, you know uh, I think fifty grand to do an album. At that time, was pre- pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went in to, to do this album, and then they they shelved us. What the term is shelving, right? Uh, that, right. That they used at the time. They just put us on the shelf, and they promoted so other you, acts like you completed an entire album, things like that. You guys completed no, we didn't, an entire we didn't, album. We went into the studio. No, we didn't. We didn't finish it, but we have it. We had it almost finished, and it was we had done it all in San Diego, and wow. we had kind of done it on our own. You know, we were looking yeah. for a producer, and that was a whole pain in the ass trying to right. find a producer when we already knew what we wanted. And sure. you know, Bob and Eric both knew what what kind of sound we were going after, and so we kind of right. went for it. You know, but the first time we went through when we got the EP, we had Bruce Botnick, who was pretty huge. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of guy who did a lot of things. He did the Doors, or he was the engineer for the Doors and did a bunch of other stuff, and then he did stuff on his own, Steve Perry's yeah. album, 
you know, yeah. yada, 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 right down the line. Yeah. And okay. and so, you know, it was very good. It was a great experience. We all stayed in L.A. for three months at some hotel in the valley. Mm. And, you know, we did all we had to do. And, and it was it was a good thing, you know, and we it yeah. was a good thing. But, yeah, we were then as things slowly started to decay and not go forward, then we became more devastated by everything sure. that was going on. I bet. So I'm I kind bet. of jumping around a little bit. But that's, that's no, kind of that's what happened. Great. Yeah, you know? that's what I thought. Now, when I read about you guys, it implies that you sort of stuck it out for a few more years. I don't think the band actually officially screeched to a halt until like 1988. So what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, are you just no. are you guys playing live? Are you looking for other deals? They, are you moonlighting with other are. artists? I, okay. I actually left in '85. I left and now, moved to Minnesota. That's where okay. I've been ever since. They had another singer, a gal singer, and somebody else. And, you know, a guitar player, the original guitar player left. Then I left, and then the drummer left. And then it was just Bob and, and Eric. And then they had a couple other guitar players, Mark Introvaya, uh on guitar, who's a really good guitar player and still very viable guitar player in San Diego. And then, you know, they just started to kind of do some some things with them. But it never quite got off the ground and never quite got anywhere. So I don't know. You know, yeah, I don't know what uh, that means or whatever. But, you know, it was it was hard to leave the band. But it was also something I had to do because I was kind of fed up with everything. Like I told you in the beginning, I've been trying to make it since the middle 70s, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. at that point now, it was already 10 years of just heartbreak all the time. Right, right. And uh, little success. And I was just like, wow, no. And yeah. so I moved to Minnesota and, you know, kind of settled in, got married, had kids, bought a house, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. So one thing I wanted to, you kind of are touching on it right now, in that article that you linked to on your website, it kind of hit me pretty hard when you specifically said in there that you had lost hope. Were you originally from Minnesota? Is that why no. you went back there? Or what, what no. was the... Draw to Minnesota. <laughs> Not, there's um, nothing wrong with Minnesota. I'm just wondering why there. No, no, I, no, I understand that. I understand that. I, and I understand that. No, it, it, it was the fact that I was. I've been married twice. Okay. Both times there were Minnesota girls, women. Oh, interesting. And and so yeah, and for whatever reason that is, it is. And then okay. all my all my kids. I have five kids with both of them. You know, between the both of them, and sure. uh, they all they all live here, and they all consider themselves brothers and sisters, and you know, so we're all kind of one Just a big big family, out family. Here, yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of a mixed family, yeah. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. So what do you do? What how what do you do for a living? Well, like I said in the early days, I was the line cook, and and right. you okay. know, kind of a you know one of those kind of guys, short order cook, uh-huh. whatever, and that's how I made my living until about ninety seven. In '97, really? I got fed up. Yeah, in '97, I got fed up with uh, with that whole business, uh-huh. and um, I got into manufacturing. I got in. Uh, a drummer friend of mine was like a high up guy in this company. He says, "Well, you know, we're looking for guys to run forklifts and get material and yada yada. You know, okay. come on, you know, come and do this, and you'll be able to work your way up and do that." Sure. And so I did, and and I started on the production floor on a forklift. Being an inventory guy, I used my skills that I had in the restaurant for inventory. Sure. And I just transferred those skills. And I did really well, and I've been doing really well. And now I'm a buyer planner for 
a company called Wagner from Germany that makes contractor paint sprayers for yeah. the whole world. So anyway, wow. so that you know that yeah, so that's kind of been my deal, and that's where I'm at now. And I just you know, and so it's, um, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm at the end end of my career, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. trying to find somewhere to kind of keep doing it until I can retire, yeah. and then I, I want to play music after that, hopefully, if right. God willing, if everything knocks on wood, you know, if everything yeah. is good, you know, and then, then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're really lucky. You've forged a, an, an excellent second career for yourself. Well, right. a first career now, but it just wasn't yeah. first chronologically. I mean, right. when you're, you know, when you're working in a factory or you're driving a forklift or whatever, do you ever think to yourself, man, I, w- I was a rock star recently? No, you want to hear something even bigger than that? Yeah. So my first job in 97, okay, 97 now. My uh-huh. first job, I'm on the forklift, and they have music piped in to the, uh-huh. uh, to the you know, in all the speakers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and there it is. It comes on. What do all the people know? And I'm going, hey, that's that's me up there. That's me singing. Right, wow. get back to work, man. Of course. Get back to work. <laughs> You're driving a forklift in Minnesota and trying to convince the Teamsters, no, that's me singing (laughs) on that song. That's me. Yeah, no, get back to work. Let's go. Come on. Oh, Oh, crazy. That was really devastating for me because I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to say anything anymore. You know, forget it, you know. And it happened to my son. It happened to my son, uh, my son Noah, who was working just, just about a year ago. He's working at Jimmy John's. I don't know if you have Jimmy John's. Sure, I love Jimmy John's. Okay. Yeah. He was working at Jimmy John's, and sure enough, my song came on the Muzak. Well, it was a Muzak, but, you know, the, right, the satellite. Right. The pipe and in, he yeah. said, hey, that's my dad. That's my yeah. dad up there. Oh, yeah, get back to work. No, come on. Let's go. <laughs> Same thing happened to him. He told me that. I'm going, oh, my God. Wow. Welcome to the club. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now, but you do some music, right? I mean, I think when we yes. were emailing, you yes. mentioned – you yeah. had been out here, because I'm in Denver, and you had been out yeah. in Longmont, of all places, I yeah. think, doing a gig, yeah, right? It was a, it was, yeah, it was just this little impromptu thing in a little pizzeria place there on the main drag. Some You're not here, okay, mine. this is crazy. I used to live in Longmont. Do okay. you happen to remember the name of this pizza place? Oh, my is it God. A, does the name Abundanza ring a bell? Was that it? No. No, how about okay. something else? I'm you know trying to remember. Ones? We haven't lived oh. there in, like, ten years. I don't think it was yeah. on Bodanza. I think okay. it was something, but it was right on the main drag. I mean, you know, on the main street thing there, you know, where yeah. they have all the shit. Yeah. yeah. So, sure. yeah, anyway, uh, it was somebody I knew. I, uh, I have a girl singer that uh, uh, her boyfriend and and her knew somebody there. And okay. uh, anyway, so I was coming back through from California, and I stopped. Oh, and I, I and I and I I was driving back through and I said, well, why don't we just do a little thing? You know, she was there, and the other friends knew how to play too, so we just kind of did this impromptu thing where I did just my music, you know. That's and wild. it was really just you know left field. And then we did what to all the people, and it was like three or four people would go, God, I know that song, you know. So, <laughs> that's probably that's the story me. of your that's life. Me. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do you exactly. do you have any like independently released albums or how I do, do you? I do. Oh, you yeah. do? Good. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Is, where would someone find those albums? On iTunes. You go to Tony Ortiz. You do, on they iTunes. are on there. Okay, yes. good. I see you off on the horizon. 
Coming in like a ship on the ocean Your eyes are hungry and your soul is tired another one out here shortly within the next uh, six months so i'm trying to put you know something together it was a record in la with my buddy my producer friend and confidant steve shepherd and we 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 put that together and so you know it's it's kind of americana kind of a mixture okay. of a lot of stuff it's real heartfelt kind of stuff it's all songs i've written breakup songs you know relationship yeah. breakup things you know and so they're kind of good. I mean, they're kind of just from the heart. Not, there's you talk about Bruce Springsteen. They're very much in that kind of vein, okay. you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, um, I'm looking at it know. right now on Spotify. Man, there I wish go. I had thought to go. look for it on Spotify. I'd be I would have been there listening to it more to get ready to yeah. talk. I'll check yeah, it out. No, and take take a listen to it. You know, I also okay. got a song called "Hello, Mr. Sun" that I did that. I'm thinking going to get some radio play down in South America. Some people have been wow. kind of interested in that. So. When a man gets up, he wants to feel alive. He wants to take everything he got, make it through the night. Yeah. Oh, it feels so right to see you hang. radio stations down there that are interested in playing it. I said, well, go for it. Play it. Wow. What the hell do I have to lose? Wow. Nothing. You know? Let me ask you this. Does, do the Monroes yeah. ever get, you know, do you ever get requests to play like a Rewind Festival or any kind of an 80s no, concert we don't. or anything like that? Really? No, we don't. Uh, at least I don't ever hear of that. Because Minneapolis was another hub for Monroe Mania, there's a really? lot of guys here that in their 30s that uh, uh, a, a band by the name of the Melismatics and a guy by the name of Ryan Smith, who's an up-and-comer, look that one up, Ryan Smith, okay. or look up the Melismatics.
know who Phil Zolom is? Um, I don't know. Uh, Rembrandt. Do is the other half of oh, Rembrandt. sure, sure, sure. Of course. Okay, so yeah. he lives here in the city. He's a friend of mine. So he oh, took wow. me to their show. He took me to their his show, right? Their their opening show yeah. a couple of years, like three, four years ago, to the Melismatic show. Okay. And he took me to the show. We went and saw them. They're really great. They're very new wavy. You know, they're very, very yeah. hip, very cool. And this guy's up and up and comer. He's coming through the ranks. He's doing really well. So we go to the after party, and we're all kind of sitting there. And, and he, Brian says, well, what's your deal? You know, kind of. Mm-hmm. He says it in a very nice way, but he says, sure. what's your deal? I said, yeah. ah, you know, I'm kind of a one-hit wonder. You know, I'm kind of jaded now, so I don't really say right. it. You know, and I said, you know, I don't know, maybe a song called What's All People Know? And he just, he just got, his eyes got big. He's just started jumping up and down. He loved wow. the song, and I've been doing really? that song with him. Now, look on YouTube under the Melismatics, Tony Ortiz, What Do All People Know? We're playing this nice club here in, in Minneapolis. Okay. And we do a version I did see of a that clip of, of you with a girl singing. Uh, no, this, on YouTube. This is, but I'll look for that one specifically. Yeah, look okay. for that one. It's a, it's a full band deal, and it's a I really see. rocked up version of what to all the people. Are, so it's very cool. great. Okay, okay. Anyway, so well, that's cool. You know, I don't know what the, what was your question. I forgot. Got no, you're great. Answer. This is great. Yeah. You've answered yeah. everything. So i I want to I want to hear some stories. I mean, okay. you're a you know you're pretty far removed from the rock world now, but there was a time yeah. when you were swimming in that ocean, you know, playing yeah. the game. Yeah. I always ask most of my guests this. I want to know what your most delicious memory is, the thing mm. you can't believe happened to you, and then yeah. I want to know what your biggest regret is. I have a feeling yeah. I might be able to ascertain what some of the regrets might be. But, yeah, I want yeah. to know what those things are. I think, you know what, you know what, John, the, the biggest delicious thing we'll start with that one was being on the road with rick springfield and playing those huge stadiums i mean not stadiums, really? big big arenas i mean yeah. we weren't playing clubs we were playing arenas or right. arenas but you know that kind of deal sure. you know 15 25,000 seaters 30,000 seaters you know and yeah. it was just that kind of high that was unbelievable that we were there and that we were doing that with our own music and that right. we were winning these people over, most of them had not heard what we were about. And we were able to win them over by the end of our 30-minute set. I mean, we only had a 30-minute set. Yeah, right. You know? And so we went out there and we did our thing and we did we did the best we could. It really honed, it honed us, you right. know, to the point where, you know, we were, we were used to a small 12 by 12 stage and all of a sudden sure. you have, you know, uh, to, you know, hundred feet of stage, and you're going, yeah. "Oh my you god!" Expand that sound out there. Do you exactly. have an idea of how many copies the EP sold? <laughs> you know, I've thought of that, and I think I've even asked that at one point. And I think that we were able to sell. It sounds like a very small number, but about twenty-five thousand copies. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. That's not. That's yeah. pretty good, yeah. actually. And you still yeah. collect some royalties for this. I still co- I started collecting royalties because I was the lead singer on there, and because yeah. of an uh, act in government or act in the in the government or whatever it is that takes care of that. As of about three years ago, I started collecting royalties on that, and I got a back a huge backlog of royalty. And then, you know, then now it's just uh, every every quarter I get about you know two hundred bucks. Right. Right. So okay. Yeah. It, did you co-write it, or are you just getting a no? Lead no, I'm just getting a, a performance royalty okay. for for being on the album. 
Yeah. Okay. I did not write that, although I, uh, as we kept going, I started to co-write with the guys on other okay. stuff. Tonight you're gonna be something. song I did with them, okay. although it's probably not signified as that, but I did. Okay. And then, you know, okay. just, you know, and so, you know, I learned from some really good songwriters. I mean, these guys sure. are all really good songwriters. Yeah. And I've been a songwriter my whole life in the sense of melody songwriting. But, you know, when it came to lyrics, my ex-wife told me, you know, I was just a, a buffoon at lyrics. <laughs> but, you know, if you if you go through a huge thing in your life, then something unlocked and it kind of turned of into the, around sure. the corner. So I, I, I've been doing yeah. fairly well, knock on wood, you know, okay. just, just conveying how I feel anyway. So. Yeah. And one yeah. other weird question about this. Why did the EP never come out on CD? <laughs> you know, I think it, it did at enough. some point. Really? It, yeah, I think it did at some little point in time there because... I can't find copies on Amazon or anything. I, I know you can't, and you won't. Uh, the only yeah. thing I've seen that's close to it was something I saw on eBay a couple of years ago, and I I should have bought it, but it was a CD with it wow. printed and everything. And um, when no. we were doing wow. the album, Bruce Botnick had a contraption in the control room that he had rented that was a digital. This is 82, early right. 82. Right. So he had this digital thing that was a big box the size of a like a small little fridge, you know, mm. sitting there, and and he was doing some stuff with it. But I I don't know what else was going on at the okay. time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, so what's your biggest regret then? Is it that it just didn't work out, or is there something? Yeah, I think the 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 kind of things that happen in the process, the the yeah. things that laid laid in in the wake of not making it. You know, yeah, and and I think those are the biggest regrets: not spending enough time with my kids, the first batch. Mm. You know, and and mm. just in and you know ruining ruining a marriage, the first mm. marriage because of it. You know, and yeah. yeah, things weren't all that great, but I mean, it didn't help. You know, sure, sure, um, just, and then you know that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Do you feel like you made it? Or when you look back on your career, do you feel like you didn't make it? Like you tried? I don't know. You, you know, uh, I always say that. I always play devil's advocate on myself, and I say that, and somebody says, well, dude, I don't have an album. I don't exactly. hear myself at freaking Jimmy John's, you know. I know. You know, yeah. or at Home Depot or some bullshit like that, you know. Right. Or at Applebee's, and all of a sudden it's playing, and people are texting me who I know. Hey, it's on at <laughs> Applebee's. Oh, great. You know, yeah. You did something. You have a thing so. out there. I mean, this is a very unique case, you, your yes. situation. 
you sang on a song that was never a huge hit, but it's this cult hit that still yeah. lives on, and yeah. you're not in music anymore. So it's not like you went on to do something else that's music-related. You know, you work for a company now. You're a regular yeah. working stiff like the rest of us. Right. Right. But you've got yeah. this thing in your back pocket that's like, you know, it's yeah. like a, this bright light that follows you around. That's got to be yeah, crazy. It, it is crazy, and, and I'm I'm like very close to being hired at my job, and I've not mm-hmm. said a word to them of what I've done before because I don't want them to know that until after I get hired. Because sure. I don't want sure. them to sure. think anything, because it does change how you think. Oh, rock star. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. What are you throwing shit out your the focus, hotel windows? And they, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, know. Like, does he really age. wish he was a rock star? Well, yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. And so, yeah. yeah, anyway, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't regret any of that stuff. I, I look at it as being a badge and sure, and sure. I get a lot of emails from pe- from people saying, I heard your song on the Jersey Shore when I was growing up and uh-huh. that's another Jersey was huge with the really? song. And people are right now, I've got like a ton of friends in New Jersey that just are, you know, avid fans in New York yeah. wow. and, and all those places. So it's really Crazy. a strange thing. And yeah. I don't think anything of it. I mean, they think, you know, they act like they're talking to somebody who's somebody. And I'm going, dude, I'm just a guy. You know, I'm not right. anything, you know. Right. So it's like going right. to an island and all of a sudden they think you're God, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, no, 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 come on. You know, I'm yeah. just a regular guy, man. That's you know? strange. You yeah. did this thing over 30 years ago. That exactly. reverberates and your life went on and. So strange. Well, yeah. I'm really yeah. happy. I mean, you sound like a pretty well-adjusted guy, and <laughs> you come to terms with the stuff. And, and that's yeah. huge because you know yeah. I, it could really mess with you. I think if you if you no, allow it, and it did, you know, it did, John. It did. I mean, it messed with I'm me sure. throughout the years, and I dealt with it with uh, over medicating and this and that, and, you know, sure. doing all those things. But sure. you know, now I'm I'm just like you know I'm 59 years old. I don't care who knows yeah. that. You know, I mean, I am at the point where I have six grandchildren, you know. I mean, it's just, it's at that point, you know, other things to think about. I still love music. I still love playing. I play all the time. So it's not like I quit playing music. Well, I quit playing music for about 20 years when I was married because I wanted to raise the family and do this. Right, right. And then after the divorce, about in 2006 is when I started playing again and writing and doing. So, you know. It's been that kind of a ride the last nine years. So, yeah. nice. Would you say you think about something pertaining to the Monroes every day, or have you been <laughs> so normalized that it, there are you know spans of time, maybe not big spans of time, where yeah. where that it doesn't occur to you? No, I'm a big. I'm probably one of the biggest Monroe fans you'll ever find because okay. I always loved what we did, and yeah. those guys. They get sucked into the world, into the lives, into the this, and I'm the biggest cheerleader saying, "Come on, man! This right. was great. We had something special. We got together about three years ago. Not everyone got together, minus guitar player, uh-huh. and it still sounded great. It sounded right. good, although it was a little different. Obviously, we're all sure. very older sure. and whatever. Yeah, things But strange. it still sounded good, and I still There's think still magic. If, yeah, if they want to do something, I'm more than willing to do it. I just think it needs to be thought out right and, and orchestrated, planned right. Yeah. You know? Well, very cool. This was fun. Thank you, Tony, for All talking right. to me. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I no really problem. appreciate I it. I appreciate it. Is that you?
There you have it, Tony Ortiz. Wasn't that interesting? That is the guy behind that song. Those stories are so fascinating. He is as regular a guy as you and me, but he's trying to make a go of it. Uh, check out his solo album. It's on Spotify. You can buy it. He's still got that great Springsteen voice. Just do it. Support this guy. He deserves it. Now, if you're new to the podcast, we try to tell these stories every week of people who you probably don't know very well, but maybe you recognize their music. And I want to issue everyone a challenge. If you're new to this, go back into the archives on iTunes. Find the Hustle Podcast. Start out with looking for a name maybe you recognize and listen to that one. And if you like it, after you've gone through the names you recognize, go to the names you don't recognize because the stories are just as compelling no matter who the guest is. Write us a review while you're on there. Good or bad, I don't personally care. Find us on Facebook. Like our page. You can stay connected to us that way. You can email me at thehustlepod at gmail.com. Send me recommendations of people you want me to track down. Find us on Twitter, at The Hustle Pod. And we have a playlist on YouTube. Search for The Hustle Podcast Playlist. You can find kind of obscure or interesting videos, live concerts, interviews with everybody we've had on the show. Huge thanks to Jan Makevich for producing this episode. We're so grateful for him. We love you all. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Someday they'll believe you They won't throw you